morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> you serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Does momentum carry over from one show to the next? We're about to find out, Martin. They say in hockey and sport, well, there's a lot of momentum there, and then the next game's completely different. We had a really good show on Monday. Caesar's going to write a column about what it is on today? Friday. Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Big Walt. Yes, it is Tuesday. What day is today? It's game seven, Walt. Game day, baby. Had a great show on Monday. Sort of slowed down. We were off to a fast start. We scored early, and then we kind of slowed down about 10 after yesterday. And then... Kind of refound our groove. We had a great show. Let's hope that momentum carries over. There's a lot of excitement in this town. It's beautiful outside. It was supposed to rain all day. I'm supposed to get my driveway paved. It's supposed to rain. The weather guy might be wrong. Different topic. Chuck, what's the temperature? 74 degrees, baby. Oh, let's just go outside. Just walked Otis for about 30 minutes around beautiful Glendale. There were LGB signs out there. Let's go blues with the flags and all that. Did you pick up after your dog? I always do. Good. The grass is green. The birds are chirping. And the blues what are, you a poet? are ready. The grass is green. Rock. The birds are. All right, we don't Some deserve stuff. to win as a city because you we said We 100% that. do. I'm confident. I'm confident. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Carson School, they said they could wear blues gear today. So he's got a blues shirt. And then he's got this old pronger jersey. And I don't know why we have it. But he prefers that shirt. And he said, Dad, why do I like Chris Pronger? And I said, I really don't know. He said, have I ever met him? And I said, no. So I texted Pronger a picture of the shirt, and I said, clearly, Dad is too cheap to get him a new one. And he said, that's because it's a great number. You got a stallion. Mm -hmm. Uh, 44? 44, yes. What are you, a number guy? Here we go. I did see the picture, but double numbers always look great on a jersey. That's why growing up, my favorite number was 33. It just looks beautiful to see that. Larry Walker. Larry Walker, Larry Bird, yeah. Lincoln Seiko, Scotty Pippen. It's just a good-looking number with the double numbers. Mart, is your... Larry Bigby? Sure, we'll check oh, okay. Larry. Sure. Are no, you going to be know. bothered by numbers? Are you bothered by Carson's like sports numbers when they hand out He got 51 for baseball. Did that bother you? It's Willie, great. You're not it's Willie, Willie McGee. McGee. No, it's Willie McGee. He goes, Dad, I got 51. I said, it's a great number. He goes, it's also your age. I said, that's a different topic. <laughs> different topic. It's Willie McGee's Smart number. Kid. Don't. Great number. Don't let Hoff come down on you. Things like numbers are extremely important, and they matter. I disagree with that. And honestly, I think you're losing a chance to do a podcast. On numbers? Yeah. We do. Here's the thing. Here it is. You, do, you start off with 100 episodes. You talk about the greatest players uh, numbered 1 through 99, and then you do an episode on 0 and double zero. I hope Carson gets number 86 and or something for soccer, and it just bothers you and eats at you for a while. Zero zero Omar Oliveras, former <laughs> so Cardinal. Al Oliver uh, might have been single zero. Who was the Who was the center for the Raiders? Was, was Upshaw double zero? Uh, Jim Otto. Jim Otto. Because his name zero. was Otto. Zero um, zero. 
This is great. We're off to a great start. LaCharles, LaCharles Bentley for a little bit, I think, had a uh, double zero. Wow. Nobody needs to know that. Momentum does carry over. Robert Parrish, it's right? Official. Yes. Yes. The Chief. Double zero. Listen, I'm just saying we got a podcasting studio. You have an extensive knowledge of this. This works. Ooh, Craig Berube in the same room as Robert Parrish. You mean Berube. Berube. Chief alongside the Chief. Joe Pelusi, friend of the show. Martin, producer Joe, forever producer Joe, said Eddie effing Murray. 33. Ozzie Smith's high school teammate. How about that class reunion? Hey, what'd you do? Hall of Fame? Hey, what about Hall of Fame? Yeah, Bigby was 33 and 34. Was he? He was 3, 34, and 33. I made a Larry Bigby joke (laughs) because you said Larry Walker and you said Larry Bird. I'm like, 33. I go, all Larrys must be 33s. So I went Larry Bigby. How about that? He was one of the faces of the Mitchell Report. Wasn't he Larry Bigby? Wasn't his name mentioned a number of times in that? Everybody was. Don't remember. Nuke Logan was in that. He weighed like 145 pounds. Quick story. Not a good story. But my high school basketball coach, he loved numbers. So Martin, you guys would get along. Before every practice, we'd have to do a bunch of push-ups. He would do as many as he could do. And instead of counting one, two, three, four, five, he would do his favorite jersey numbers. He was a big Green Bay Packers fan. He would always do football and famous basketball players. That's how he counted off. The push-ups. Paul Horning would be five. Don Mikowski would be seven. You could do this for a while. Ryan Longwell, probably number eight. Let's I, do it without the push-ups. I remember, I remember certain <laughs> numbers in my life by player numbers. Because it's easier. I remember like combinations of certain things by player numbers. Because it's easier that Like way. a phone number? Uh, not necessarily phone numbers. Locker combinations. Yeah, locker combinations, things like that. I did it with an anniversary once, too. That's why Kenny it Wallace. It was really easy. It was 215. It was like I was, it was sitting right in my, it was like, okay, this is easy. Kenny Wallace did uh, Pete Cosma's number, and we talked all about it, and everybody pointed out that he actually didn't have Pete Cosma's number. I but about that. Never mind. Kenny will join us at 1230, I think. <laughs> I saw him going into the game last night, Kenny Wallace walking in with his lovely family, and I said, we'll talk to you tomorrow. And he said, I don't know if I can do it. And I said, what? Oh, he can do it. He confirmed. He said, I don't know if I can do it. I might be too nervous talking about the Blues. It is Game 7, if you didn't know that. Stars, Blues tonight. First game seven since they beat the Stars in Dallas. Chuck, you were there. I was. So you need to be there tonight. Was that a blowout? Six to one. Six to one. Remember the Stars had terrible goaltending, and they had two guys that you didn't. You had Letton in who let it in. Yeah. And then the other guy, they played two guys, and they were both terrible. Lindy Miami? Ruff may have been the uh, coach back then, but the last game seven at home, the yeah. Troy Brower game. I won a game-winning goal tonight, so Hoff has to change the open for Frank's show. If you have, what did you say yesterday? You give, give me, me a new, new moment. I need a new Mizzou moment. Missouri hasn't done much. I need a new Mizzou whoa, moment. Whoa, whoa! What have they done? Ended with what? A five or six game winning streak? Yeah, they've gone to some bowls and stuff, and <laughs> they got Kelly Bryant. Hey, yeah, hey, hey. maybe I'm that's, being serious. How about, how about the new openers? Gr- Kelly Bryant has transferred. <laughs> Charlie's the only friend of Mizzou in his studio right now. Or if you want to troll Strick and Tuna in your cold open, you put. With the 35th overall pick, the Denver Broncos select Drew Locke. I like that. My one idea has been to troll is to put bad highlights in it. So put in Yajerman's goal, the announcement of the Rams moving to L.A., Travis Ishikawa's home run against the Cardinals. You son of a... That's been my idea. Wet blanket. That's be fun. No bombskis for Harper yesterday. No, I know. I was stalking him yesterday. He was not around, and then they told me he hit really early, like at 2, 2.30 before anybody was there. It's got to be a little bit of a media and a fan thing because there were some kids holding up sign. At least one specifically had a Harper sign. A lot of kids that were kind of hoping to meet Bryce Harper. I'm sure it's exhausting for him. 
I was oh, stop. He makes $30 million a year. I'm not making an excuse. He's, he's, he's only making 11 this year. Sign some until autographs. Next year. Here's what you do. You take a chair. I'm not feeling sorry for no. him. I'm guessing why he's doing okay, it. Okay, I get that. His only time <laughs> in St. Louis, right? These kids love him. Take a chair. Go up the third baseline. Have a usher hold an umbrella over you if it's sunny. Sit there and sign autographs for 45 minutes for the kids. You're making $30 million a year. Don't don't whine about it. Hoff, how much did you make last night? 71000 71, right? 70. We had a little math error earlier. It wasn't a math error. It was actually worse. It was a literacy error. I just read the number incorrectly because I did the math on Google. And quickly, I just, as opposed to just copying and pasting and sending it to Frank, I typed it out, and I put in one too many digits. And Frank was saying, this guy made 700000 last night. And people were like, that would be like $120 million a year or whatever. Hold on a second. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation. Yes. Hold on. We, we go, we it's sque- actually only 60000 so then Frank turned it into a CBC math problem. Yes. Uh, texters, you're welcome to be a part of this show at 855-282-8255. 855-282-8255. I know we're all at heart. Homers, we want the home team. That's the misnomer about any media member. Oh, they like when they lose. Marty Lowe's a negative. You do. I like good storylines. But on the whole, it's better when your teams win. It's more fun. They buy more papers. People still buy the paper. They watch more coverage. People get into it. When teams are on a run, the entire town. I mean, my mom was texting me the other night. I want Vince Dunn out of the lineup. And I said, oh, my God. Is that from church? (laughs) I'm like, hold on. First of all, she's locked into every game, which is hilarious. And she's mad at Vince Dunn to the point she wants. All the people. She's not like, but he had a bad penalty. He did. And she said, he needs to get out of the lineup. And I'm like, I'll tell Chief. She actually texted me the other day. She said, that Asa Lindell is such a baby. (laughs) In that voice. Uh, It was voice to text. The the, (laughs) point is, you can text in. And I know we're all homers at heart, but we'd love to know, what is your gut tonight? I'm sure Blues fans, the ones who've been doing this for a long time, you're nervous. You're trained to be nervous. It happens. But maybe give us a read. I think Ben Bishop, it's amazing how the St. Louis kit is the key to the whole game. If he is the Vesna finalist that he's capable of being, it's a challenge to try and beat that guy. If he is compromised in any way after that shot the other day, and I just... I don't know how you can't be at least somewhat compromised. And Dr. Rick was on, and we said if it were a broken collarbone, he said he couldn't play. If it was broke, he couldn't play. I said that yesterday. Dr. Chuck said it on Monday. Dr. Rick made it official. I don't know what I'm We needed about. two sources. So you're the but first listen, source. Now Dr. Rick is the second. I did break the clavicle back in the day. I'm it's telling like, you. you know, Charlie said the other day. I mean, what was he, on a skateboard or something? You could not play any sport at any high level if you broke your collarbone. You Agreed. just couldn't. No, I agree with you. But isn't that the story tonight? The first few shots on Bishop that he'll probably stop. But I'm just saying the first few shots, and are the Blues just trying to pepper him? Instead of being a little too cute, which we all yell, shoot the puck, shoot the puck, like Skip Irwin in the Mizzou press box, play action, everybody, play action. The whole press box can hear. Tonight we should all be just yelling, shoot the puck. They have an empty backfield. (laughs) What are you talking about? Ben Bishop, this is his third game seven. Would you care to guess how many goals he's allowed in the previous two? Zero. Yep. Is it? Two shut Now, this dates back to 2015, so he hasn't played in one in four years. But he shut out Detroit round one, 2015. Shut the door. uh, With a uh, trip to the uh, cup on the line, he shut out the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Well, everybody goes into the garden and shuts them out. We do. Yeah, do factor. factor. Let me say this, though. I was not picking the Blues in all these games against the Jets, and I was wrong about that, so maybe my opinion Jets. really doesn't matter. 
but I am confident for the Blues tonight for a few reasons. At worst, you got to think it's a toss-up, right? Okay, so you shouldn't really be nervous except for the fact that it's two really good teams. Hopefully the bounces go your way. But as Martin said, if Ben Bishop is even, what, 5%, 10%, 15% compromised in a series this even, could that not be the factor in a Game 7? And also, I don't buy into the the postseason home versus road splits. I think that's small sample size. I think if you look at the Blues this regular season, they the were basically— are really in your favor? But here's what I'm saying. They are a good road team. You got to give them that. But if you look at them throughout the whole season, they were the same type of team at home. So I think the fact they've been great on the road in the postseason and not good at home, I just I don't expect that to continue if they move on in the playoffs. So I think that's kind of random. I don't think people should say, "Oh my gosh, we're bad at home. We're going to lose Game Seven. Just like historically, it's fun to talk about. Well, how many Game Sevens have they played? How many have been at home? It is fun, and it is a statistic that's fun to look at. But if you're Craig Berube. Like, none of that has anything to do with tonight's game. You know, either his you line— You guys lost a Game 7 in 86? Right. How do you think that will affect tonight's game when all those guys weren't born? Remember, uh, Chief, they had to go on the road to Calgary. It was right on the heels of the Monday Night Miracle. Like, it doesn't care. And then we swarmed him. Do you remember Owen Nolan scoring against you guys in Game 7 when I wasn't here? It is so true, even a series, the fact that they— You know, they're 3-1 and one all time against the Stars in a Game 7. Well, I believe three of those are from the Minnesota Stars days. So it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I think the team that you saw on Sunday, that's what you want to see. That same team that shows up tonight. I think no matter what, you're going to get a great game. You're going to get your money's worth. Be shocked if there's a blowout either way. But one thing Dr. Rick, not Dr. Chuck, did say, he said, I think if he gives up some early goals, they may take him out, and that'll tell you that he's not right. Mm-hmm. Text line 855 8255, Tim Van Gelded says, from hockey reference, if the Blues score first, they win about 75% of the time. If they lead or trail after two, they win or lose at a 90% percentage rate. Well, so basically, whatever the score is after the second period, good chance that's how it ends. In this series, the team leading after two periods is 6-0. and that has been a indicator. Now, that's a stat that I think has some meaning because yes. it's from this series. The Bo Weevil of Bevo Mills says, God bless Mother Kilcoin and the fact that your ma is into the blues. I'm liking her hot takes. I'm, I'm appreciating this. How about this? Brett Hole's Eastside Bonfire says, surprisingly, Brett I don't know what that means. Eastside Bonfire. Sometimes okay. I just read them. I hope they're not some Offensive. something that happened years ago <laughs> I don't know about. Wouldn't you like to go to a good bonfire, though? Doesn't that sound fun? Oh, 100%. Let's do it. That's like Brett Hole was there? All right, guys, we're going to go on a pub crawl. We're going to stop by Fast Daddy's. Oh, yeah, pub crawl. Uh, we're going to go by Chuck's house and get invited inside, and then we're going to have a bonfire. Okay. <laughs> That's on the to-do list outside Izzy's house. Surprisingly, Brett Hull's Eastside Bonfire says, I'm not nervous for tonight. This team is ready to ascend, and this is just one more part of the mountain to climb. And one text on the uh, – actually, a couple on jerseys. Rudy the Flyer says, numbers matter. That's why 46 for Goldschmidt is disgusting. 44 with the D-backs looked so much better. And also, the bigger the number, the fatter the kid. That's not very nice. The bigger the number. Do they so like look if you have fat a, because of the number? If you have you a give... big kid, you give him a big number with yeah, a big jersey? I don't think that's true. I don't. I, I mean, do... I guess you. What was Engelbert in uh, Bad News Bears? Anybody remember? No, he was, a little he was the fat catcher. Time. Oh, yeah, thanks. Kinda... Way to read up. 
Oh, I saw the movie. He sounded old. But my kid's skinny, so I don't think they gave him a 51 because of his size. I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, like it's not like they gave him 99. Rock and I are a little so husky. So it's a Gucci. Did we have big numbers? I don't. I had a, yeah, I, I got big numbers. I'm just, I'll just admit <laughs> All right, maybe right there's now. some. No, I'm kidding. They actually call him Big Number. Don't you think, though, That'd and again, be a good nickname. listen, my kid not is bad. not old not enough to play big. sports, but don't you think. What are you waiting for? Pretty big. I got to walk <laughs> You know, they're already, your kid's already behind. She's, she's behind the curve, I know. But if you go to a place hey, get and her the, the coach. Get her in the water. Listen, if the coach gets 20 shirts, don't you think the smalls are probably one, two, three, four, five numbers, and then the mediums, and then the extra larges? Doesn't it usually work like that sometimes? Uh, I don't know. I feel okay, like it My does. kid, is he's tall, but he's small, skinny, and it's a 51. But it's loose, you know. It's loose. Uh, text line is very jumbo. <laughs> Couple jumbos. <laughs> It'll never get old. Can we get that audio? I actually hey. said that many times this weekend, randomly, as people were drinking wine. Because anytime somebody drinks red wine, I just have to do jumbo. Jumbos. Jumbos. They're jumbos. Uh, we don't need to break it down any more than that. Eight five five two eight two eighty two fifty. Like I'll say, Chuck, do you have a couple drinks? Jumbos. Maybe when you're getting after it, <laughs> or just all the time. Eight, <laughs> next topic. Eight five five two eight two eighty two fifty five. We should not. We're going to talk to Kenny in about ten minutes. We should not look past. He was at the Cardinal game last night. Cards snap the four game losing streak, and in that clubhouse before we swarmed everybody. Even though most of them were coming in late because they didn't have batting practice, they got in late from Chicago. And then we swarmed him. Mike Schilt was swarmed in his office. Mm, poor Mike. They seem to have shrug off the Wrigley sweep, which I think collectively almost everyone did. Like, nobody freaked out. Like, the Cubs had a good weekend. The Cubs were better. The Cardinals didn't play well. But it didn't seem to be any kind of tipping point or, oh, my God, the Cubs are better. And then they went out and played a really good game against the Phillies. Miles Michaelis had a great game. He got three home runs. So I think they were correct in their own analysis. Like, there was no reason to flip out. It was just a lousy weekend at Wrigley. I feel like some panic would have set in if they lost last night. Yeah, like what's wrong here? Or right. Michaelis was bad, right? But they that was um, and I I just like that she'll put in Hicks to face Harper just because aesthetically I like that matchup. Oh, that's just fun to see. And we're in, a little inside baseball. We're talking at work. Is that a necessary highlight? Because it didn't change the game, it didn't alter the game. You got three home runs. You had a great grab by Carpenter defense. You got to show Michaelis because he pitched really well. But I said I got to see Hicks first because if I'm a fan, that's, that's what I want to see. That's neat. And I understand it's because he hadn't pitched in a while, but I also thought it was really cool. Hicks versus Harper. If they're up 10 nothing tonight, put him in to face Harper. And if I don't care. And also, if you're developing a closer like Jordan Hicks, right, you're, he's got plenty of balls. I mean, he's he's got some Whoa. Swa swagger. We can't say you that can't word. Say well, that? I'm French. I'm French. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, then. <laughs> he's got plenty of swagger. You can feel it when you're around him. Martin Kilcoin. But when you get a chance and the game's not online – that adds to his kind of personal resume. Now, he hasn't been doing this for a long time. Don't you think that helps him a little bit to dust off a guy like Harper? And it was a situation where it was completely benign. 100%. He needed the work. Plus, once you get hot, you might as well throw him out there anyway. And if you watch that at bat, he threw five strikes. He did. There were two that were— <laughs> It was were, a 1-4 pitch, and he struck him Right. Off. There were two that were in K-zone, borderline, and Harper got both of those, and he still struck him out on some nasty sliders where— Clearly, Bryce Harper, because he has great pitch recognition. That guy has one of the best batter's eye in baseball. Batter's eyes in baseball, and he walks a ton. And he did not know where that ball was going because he swung at a couple sliders that you know were very in. He's striking out twelve men per nine innings. It was at eight last year, so he's 
developing and progressing, and it's becoming very, very fun to watch. Moving that ball around because yes. last year everybody knew, holy crap, this ball is fast, but it's right down the middle. I can bats. prepare. Yes. Uh, we also mentioned this in the 11 o'clock hour. Molina had three hits, and his RBI count for the season is 25, and he's now on pace for 116, and I gave you credit, Dr. Chuck, earlier in uh, this program that you said kudos to Molina for being in great shape as he gets older because a lot of players just get heavier or just not as good as shape. You know, Pujols doesn't look the same as he did five to ten years ago. It does happen. But Molina has maintained his fitness level really for five years or so. And a lot of players in many different sports, once you get paid, let's be real, do they really train – eat the way they would have before they got paid. And that's what I've always thought and, and had a lot of respect for Yadier Molina, the fact that later in his career, he's already got the money. Now he's getting contracts at the end as well. But this dude is showing up to spring training, down 20 pounds every year. Has the rings too. Has the rings. You can just tell he really cares about being the best baseball player possible. And I think that will help him in this Hall of Fame debate we always have. Where look, he's adding at the end of his career when most catchers don't do hardly anything, or out of the game. He's stacking more good quality big league seasons with nice stats to that resume for the Hall of Fame, which is going to matter for his candidacy. I was talking to Stan McNeil, Stan McNeil, who writes for the Cardinals magazine, and we're, it got me thinking about it because of Pujols. He went and did an interview with Pujols in Kansas City that's going to be in an upcoming Cardinals magazine. And I said, that weekend that Albert's here, he's got to play, right? I mean, even though he DHs a ton for the Angels, I thought this was interesting. He went up uh, in stance that he talked to Brad Osmus, and Osmus said, oh, he'll play. He has he'll to. play the whole weekend. In other words, Osmus gets it. Yes, I'm He's glad gonna, he does. And I said, you can tell him to stand on first base the whole weekend <laughs> and maybe not get a single ground ball. Don't worry about it. He said, And he said, you know, Osmus also very aware. It just happens to be the Angels' manager but very aware of the history of pools in St. Louis because he was with Houston all those years, so he knows well what that weekend is going to mean. All right, a quick break. We'll come back. Kenny Wallace on the other side. Texters at 855-282-8255. Also a public service announcement for my buddy Fast Eddie. They are open. They are dry. I know Alton is dealing with some oh. flooding up there. Uh, and the terrible thing that happens, first of all, flooding is terrible. But then some businesses nearby get affected by that. So you want to continue to support those communities. Go to the businesses that are open. And Fast Eddie's in Alton is open. Their doors open at 1 o'clock. Fast Eddie's Bonaire in Alton, Illinois. And hopefully that water will start receding. I hate seeing those pictures. Roads that you've driven on. And you can see there was a picture in the Post-Dispatch. And the water is, I mean, that's the Great River Road that you take up the Grafton all the way up. And so anyway, Fast Eddie's is open. Stop by and support the local economy in Alton, Illinois. Clancy whipped her.